Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we are discussing Nino Tuni Ku. Two. Q two. <laughs> oh Released God. in Q2. And three, two, one, starting again. <clears throat> Popcorn is not very good when you're podcasting. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we're talking about Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. I didn't screw it up. Well done. And music done. What is this, an 80s sitcom? That's what this theme song is. Well, you made it sound like it was Mama's Family or something. I thought it was okay. Mash, you will do. <laughs> And along on this journey, I have party members that are made up of Craig. Prepare to be boarded. Luke, R. I need your help. Michael. <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> Did you just go full Klingon? <laughs> um. I, I did have a small Welshman lined up that could just chime in at any given moment, but he seems to have scampered off, so we don't have that. What we do have is Luke. He's going to tell us the stats, and we're afraid before we crack into this sucker. Hi, my name's, my name's Craig, no, and I'm going to no. tell you the stats. No, this is all wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nino Kuni 2... <laughs> It was developed by Level 5, published by Bandai Namco, and it was directed by Yoshaki Kusuda and Takafumi Kuakami, designed by Kengo Shibata and Yuchi Murase, programmed, arted, written, and composed by more people, and it was released on March 23, 2018 on PC and PlayStation 4. Two uh, pretty solid reviews, I see. Yeah, yeah. 900,000 copies in three months, the first three months. That's that's not too shabby, actually. Actually, it's the first two months, 900,000 copies. That's very not shabby. If I say something now, will you say, actually, that was in one month? Actually, that was in one month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry for this bit of a train wreck. It's, it's uh, been a little while since we've had a full boat. Um... The way I'd, I'd like to start doing a little bit of a uh, developer kind of small profile, nothing major in depth, before each episode, and that way we can get kind of a feel of where this sits in each developer's wheelhouse. So, Mike, give me a quick rundown on level mm. five. Right. Well, quick wasn't what I had in mind, but here we go. <laughs> so, uh, level five, established in 1998 by Akihiro Hino, not read off Wikipedia, by the way. It just sounds very, very similar to that biopsy um but yeah yeah so akira you know came from a company called river hillsoft uh who we don't really know many of the games off and originally started sort of looking around basically he liked dragon quest and he, he liked a bunch of other things and he wanted to do his own thing he, he spent a lot of time starting off as a like a programmer producer he could never get the exact role he wanted so finally with the closing down of his company he um you know, him and a few of our employees went off, started Level 5, 
And of course, they started off with PlayStation 2 titles such as uh, Dark Cloud and its sequels before somehow becoming a company able to make a Dragon Quest game, which was amazing. They started off with their, their own um, own IP with the Professor Layton games and continued through there. Since then, they've they've sort of got into a sort of spin-off thing. They've done Inazuma 11, moved on to uh, Yokai Watch. Um, they did the original Nino Kuni as an exclusive on the PS3. Um, and yeah, they've had a bit of success with other games, which I can't tell whether they're really that good or whether they, you know, whether they they achieve their their classic status, such as Rogue Galaxy. But yeah, they continue from strength to strength, and level five means it's technically like a like a Japanese school grade, I think it is, which means five out of five in a way. And they they they're insistent on making top quality games. That's pretty much their motive. Wow, thank you, Mike. That was great. Mm, yeah, um, good job. I yeah, you know, after you mentioned like all f- their big hits, they're they're really kind of heavy hitters, especially for Nintendo. With uh, even just Yokai Watch and Layton, these, these guys pretty beefy. Do uh, you guys have any history with Level Five? Like, is it a company that you like to when they make out a new game, make it a point to check it out, or is it just kind of something you run into every now and again? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the Leighton series, having just finished playing through them all again. And Yokai Watch is next on the agenda to play before some Pokemon fun next month or in a couple of months' time. Uh, other than that, not a lot. I've got that dark cloud sitting in my to-do pile. for some. St- I don't know whether it was on Plus or whether it was on sale and I just bought it. But other than that, nothing, really. So you could say that game was hanging over you like a... Um, like a game that I needed to play? Yeah, could you put it into some kind of metaphor? Like if it was oh, hanging like, over you like a... Uh, like a, like a, um, an incoming train. Okay, uh, what about something weather-related? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, like a rainbow. Alright, like okay, I can accept that. Oh, come on, Luke. Jeez, you just ruined it. We practiced this for months. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not sorry. What? What about you, Luke? Uh, apart from Nino Kuni, the original, I haven't played a lot of the games. I don't know why I just bounce off the latent games. Um, but yeah, I was quite excited to pick this one up. <laughs> Dave, really? You, that, Dave, that, that, you that's there? The, hold on. That's just really the only level five one you've played? I, uh, yeah, I think so. Pretty huh. much. Huh. What about Girls RPG Cinderella? We said we weren't <laughs> going to talk about that, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Since um, well, Luke's a giant disappointment. Mike, what's your history? Uh, I hear this five? from my parents. Uh-huh. I don't need to hear it from you. You don't want to hear this. This is just a completionist sort of oh, load of crap that's going to come out of my voice. Basically, saying I've probably played a good eighty percent of the games. I've enjoyed the majority of them. I've even played all the random stuff like White Knight Chronicles 1 and 2. And, wow. you know, um, yeah, I, I think if if I had to say, probably the only one I've not really played is probably the, the original Dark Cloud. I played the Dark Cloud 2. Um, uh, one of the really funny things is that when Dragon Quest 8 came out, I actually thought Level 5 had been involved in the series since, since the start. And I, I didn't realise that they were, uh, you know, a new company taking on a, a massive franchise uh, and, and you know uh, uh, I'm, I was also surprised to find out Dragon Quest 
11 doesn't include level 5, oddly, despite sort of taking that, that, that approach and continuing it. Although I'll have to play it more to find out if there's a, if there's a, a some sort of damage in that that armor bird. But we'll find out. Um, myself, I, well, like Mike, I played Dragon Quest Eight and thought it was absolutely amazing and kept my eye on these guys. And then I, they weren't really releasing stuff I was that interested in. So I like I played Jean Dark because I, I like strategy games. And my wife got really heavily into the Layton series, and that's pretty much it. Like, I've never played Yokai Watch. Um, if you want to hear an eight-year-old's review of it, my daughter says, it's not Pokemon. Um, and that that's kind of been it for level five. Like, I've always hoped that they've gone back to Dragon Quest and gave that that lift that they did for eight, because eight is an amazing game. But other than that, I have no experience with level five. In any meaningful way. Like, you know, I've toyed with Rogue Galaxy and I've toyed with Nino Kuni 1, but nothing where I sat down and went, okay, let's, let's finish this sucker. So cracking into Nino Kuni 2, Luke, give us a story synopsis. And do remember, there will be no spoilers in this episode if you're looking to play Nino Kuni 2. We won't spoil anything. That's all for next episode. Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, which translates to Second Country or Country of Two, is set hundreds of years after the tale of the first game. Nino Kuni, Wrath of the Witch King. The game starts in our world when President Roland Crane witnesses a city he is travelling to being hit by a nuclear bomb. Hurt in the blast, Roland is teleported from his own world to a foreign land of magic and fairy tale. Roland finds himself much younger in the kingdom of Ding Dong Dell, a city home to cats, mouse and humans. Roland has arrived on the day of Evan Pettywhisker Tillydrum's coronation after the death of his father, the king. Roland quickly finds himself defending Evan from an attempted assassination at the hands of his father's advisor, Mossinger, who murdered the previous king. Roland and Evan escape Ding Dong Dell with their lives but without any allies. Evan vows to create a new kingdom and embarks on a mission to create a kingdom in which all are welcome. During his adventure, he must bond with the kingmaker, the sign of a true king, and make allies with all the kingdoms. Good job. Well done. Is it actually called Ding Dong Dell to be 100% uh, sure? Yeah. Ding Dong Dell. I'm thinking of like Del Boy at the end of it for some reason. Ding Dong Del Boy. <laughs> Wrath of the White Witch King. <laughs> what was the name of the main city in the first game? Just to clarify, because I'm pretty sure that was called Ding Dong Dell as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, same place. <clears throat> but it looks completely different. But yeah, sorry, sorry. One could say even crappier. So uh, just to just to... Put it out there, this is one of those really fun episodes where two of us feel one way and two of us feel another way. So I'm sure, much like Persona and other, maybe Final Fantasy XV, a little bit of sparks will fly. Don't worry, we are all friends. Um, We will make up and out when this is over. But for right now, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of bones to pick with the two Scottish gentlemen. So Spoilers. <laughs> well, no. This, remember, this is our episode. If you don't want spoilers, so we don't have to worry about spoilers. All right, okay. How we feel doesn't <laughs> matter too much. Uh, all right. So to start this off, uh, you can sum up this game pretty simply by asking a single question: Have you played a Tales of game? Yes. Or well, there question? you go. You was that a question to the Nino audience? Or was that? <laughs> Well, if I hear random people yelling yes while I'm at work, <laughs> then then I'll know they're listening to the episode. I like to have a little sounder in each episode. 
Um, uh, Craig, why don't you explain the combat? Oh, it's kind of like real-time, button-mashy, lovely combat. Usual kind of melee or magic attacks. You've got enemies. It's real-time. It's not turn-based, which is just lovely for me because I much more gel with this type of combat. And the other wee mechanic you've got in there is you've got wee guys called Higgledies, which act as your wee familiars, so you can go and activate various Higgledies to do various things like heal or turn into cannon or not, like, operate cannons or make a big black hole that sucks enemies in and things like that. Um, It's all very nice and fast and very, very, very easy and lovely. Very easy. Yeah, so... um... The way it works is if you are on the world screen, there is a quite short loading screen, like nothing I could even complain about if you get into a fight. Whereas Tales of had that problem of loading in between mm-hmm. the world map and the fights. This really doesn't. It's oh, pretty yeah, it's instantaneous. So, so quick. It's, I find that a shame. The world map, you get a kind of chibi outline of every character and it's all very cute. I kind of feel that the combat would have been even more hilarious had you been chibi while fighting <laughs> wee chibi characters and chibi monsters, that would have been nice. Uh, but yeah, there's quick. It's quick to get in. It's quick to get out, and all your loot is kind of explodes out when you go back into chibi form. So you can just run around and pick everything up. Um, yeah. As I said before, my only real complaint about the whole combat experience is there's no you. You know, you've won until after the enemy explodes. So there's like three seconds of me button mashing. Going, ah, I'm hitting this dead enemy before it explodes. Um, and, until one of your party members comes up behind you and places a hand on your shoulder because it's dead, Craig. It's, it's dead. dead, Craig. It's dead. And I'm still, ah, blood splatter everywhere. Um, if you are in a dungeon, and there are quite a few dungeon like areas in this, like pretty much anytime you're indoors or you're in a story related area. Uh, there will be no loading screens whatsoever. It's It doesn't even change to a different arena. You just fight where you run into the monster, which I, I'll give them that. That's very nice and keeps things very quick moving. In terms of combat system, Craig, you said you really like this. Um, Luke, Mike, how do you feel about the combat in this game? Um, it's maybe best I go back into how the original game played. So um, very similar sort of system that where you although it's not as much depth what would happen is when a fight would start you'd get like an invisible circle around you and that was the um the arena for you to fight in and you would either control yourself or um grimoires i think they were called there it's almost like a pokemon system where you would level up these 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 creatures that you could capture you could evolve them uh and i think that was possibly the weakest part of the game so coming into this where it's more, um, I guess Craig summed it up really well. I I actually really enjoyed this system. I thought it worked quite well. And I really liked the way, as you guys have said before, that it didn't matter what sort of method it was, if it was open world or in a dungeon or um, just running around, it's all so seamless. Um yeah, I, I thought it was a really, really good system. My only complaint with it is it's maybe too easy, but that that's maybe a thing for the whole game. The difficulty of this game isn't very hard. I don't know how you guys felt about that. We'll talk about it, sir. We will talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Mike, mm. combat system. <clears throat> 
Yeah, so I've I've played a hell of a lot of Tales games. Um, and coming to this one, I thought it did a really good job of, of being sort of quite polished. It looks looks nice. There's a good enemy variety. Um, you're doing a lot of stuff with your party, although most of the time I wasn't 100% sure what exactly the rest of the party were doing. Felt like I was the main the main tank in all cases. Um, and yeah, I like it. I, you know, you get your little special skills to pull off every so often. It didn't feel like... Well, it sort of felt like there was a there's quite a. It gives you a bit too much leeway in building up your skills. You know, like you get just a, a couple of like free hits on an enemy, and already you've got enough for a special, which is sort of overpowered in many cases. And then, and and I found for, because like like an idiot, I decided to play the game a lot later than everyone else, even though I've probably owned it the longest. I think. Um, <laughs> I came in and I was you know I was fighting enemies which were clearly levels above me, but. I, at one point, I did manage to get my main character killed, and uh, I switched over to someone else. And then it becomes a ca- case of, you know, well, which which one of these main characters can can kind of, you know, break the game a little bit. And in my case, it seemed to be Roland. Oh yeah, he could just he could just destroy everything all around him on a quite frequent basis, where he barely ever gets touched. And as long as you just keep the other party members alive, just hopefully so they get extra xp at the end of the battle that's all you have to care about it's quite it's quite simple at the end of it they give you enough complexity but then they sort of botch it with just strange decisions i think the one thing i thought was missing the most with the extra party members was you can totally tool them up to be you give them rings and various bits and bobs to give them extra abilities for like ranged weapons but there's no way to actually manually fiddle with what your party members are doing like it would be nice to get give them a focus so you don't know that Evan's going to be off exploding everyone with magic he could be mostly using swords for example so it makes it harder to build your party for a specific purpose unless i missed that well i mean even if you did like kind of an old school system where when they leveled up you saw like hp went up two and strength went up one like oh okay he's a strength character you know Mm -hmm. something just i mean it is pretty obvious that the guy that comes from the magical kingdom is going to be the magic user Mm -hmm. but there are some cases where um let's just say the person from the clockwork town you don't know okay is she going to be ranged is she going to be melee or is she going to be magic you kind of have to fiddle with them and then look at their abilities and take a wild guess. I would say that the game actually kind of forces you to do a lot of up-close combat because the the mana system, like, so for people that haven't played it, you get so many slots of mana and if you hit an opponent, that'll charge up. So, like, one hit will give you maybe, like, a third of that mana slot back. Also, you can find um, blue balls of mana that uh, one of the other characters will throw out for you. <laughs> you know i was trying to be the mature one and craig you just ruined it anyway back on topic thanks craig uh yeah i I don't know about you guys but to use your mana some some of them will some of the the spells you use will be two three four slots and then that's you for the entire um the entire fight until you've built your your mana back up now because the game is so easy, I ended up just mashing everything with my sword or my spear or or my hammer, depending on which character I played. And 
I actually stuck with Evan uh, as my main character throughout most of it, just because he's got quite a quite a nifty um, sword attack where he just kind of does a, a flurry right round him, and you can pretty much take out anything with it uh, from the get go. Now I was uh, I was a Roland man the entire time. You have a guy with a gun named Roland. I'm gonna use him. It's just what I do. I um, too was a Rolander, which I think uh, I yeah. fell for. Apparently. <laughs> Reading reading the background and development, Roland was added to um, endear the game to the older player. And then I thought, oh shit, I'm the older player. And well, I've, I've fallen for this Roland guy. So We, can, we can get into this later, uh, especially next episode. But Roland is the only one that has a damn bit of common sense mm-hmm. at all throughout the yeah. whole game. But we'll get on that later. Um, mm-hmm. Well, hang, hang I'm on. I'm kind of... I just want to say now that I think this game is accessible by anybody, that... and that is isn't that part of this the theme of the game where, you know, this is the game where you could give it to your ten year old child, or you could play it with your ten year old child, or you could be thirty somethings like us and just play it by yourself. Um, yeah, but it's accessible for everybody. I can I can hear Dave Russell and Paper shits about to hit the fan. Oh, I, <laughs> um, I know Ian who lent me his copy. Thank you, Ian. Also, he played it with his daughter. He played the whole thing with his daughter, and she absolutely and utterly loved it as well. So it was it's very, very accessible. Also, I just want to butt in and interrupt and say, Dave, you're wrong about everything as well. <laughs> well, look, look, this, this is the way I see it, right? I have taste, and you people don't. Um, <coughs> you squad. can be wrong. That's perfectly fine. Hey, I didn't never said Putty Squad was good. It's so bad I had to own it. That is a completely oh, right. different category. Okay, yeah. Um, when it comes to combat, right? Uh, there's one thing we didn't touch on yet. But when it comes to combat, I played the entire game on the hardest difficulty setting. And mm-hmm. the entire game, I did not touch the square button once. It was just triangle. That was all I needed. I had to dodge once or twice. But for the most part, if you walk up to an enemy and you keep mashing triangle... You'll be fine. Except for, you know, the big, like, um, mm-hmm. chapter-ending bosses, I guess I could say at this point. Yeah. The ones that have special mechanics. That's it. That, everything, everything in this game melted to the mighty I, triangle. I got round that whole... This whole difficulty conversation, I got round with it by playing the whole thing under-leveled as hell. Like, 20 to 30 levels under where it should have been at any given point. Yeah, um, but that's bad design. Well, like means... you can mitigate it. Like if you want to play Pokemon Red and say, "Okay, I'm not going to use psychic attacks." That's fine. That's a fun way to play. You have to be more strategic, but that's not a good part part of the game that you should just brush over. That's a huge gap. What you're doing 90% of the time in this game is useless. It it's piddly. It's nothing. I I mean, I will give you that. To Spe- me, that's terrible. Of useless, Dave. But it is probably worth pointing out that you said you used triangle for the entire game. Mm-hmm. I think I used square, and the only the only difference really was that your attacks were tw- twice the strength, but also twice twice the length of execution. So it seemed like it didn't really make any difference whether you went for square or triangle. Um, if, if triangle has more of a chance of uh, I use a monster hunter term, but like flinching the enemy to where they just kind of reel back for a second. And so nah, that's why I just, uh, it's just that triangle's fine. And Roland is built very much around using heavy attacks as much as you can. Um, did you guys try playing as all the different party members? 
No. No. I, 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 I did not even touch them. I had no, no inclination to. I don't know why. I just didn't. So who did everybody go with then? Because I went with uh, Tani, Bracken and Evan. I was Roland, Evan and, oh, God, Batu. Mustache man? Honestly, the guy, right, he's an absolute beast of an area area attack, so I like kept him, but see every single time, prepare to be bolded, I could have ripped <laughs> his head off. I could, every, start every battle, prepare to be bolded, like, fuck off, Batu. Just, just go, just, honestly, because the other three, Bracken is fairly useless, I found. What's really? his face? Um, yeah, like, Bracken, I think Bracken's universally accepted as being... The most All right, useless. hold on, hold on. Keep keep uh, this to a minimum, just because I don't want to get into character spoilers. So okay. keep it to just names if we can. Right. So when Evan dies at the end, <laughs> I thought <laughs> you thought they should have buried him next to Dumbledore. Exactly. <laughs> no. Stop it anyway, with the Dumbledore anyway, so, every fucking episode. Yeah, I, <laughs> right, forget forget the rest. I was Batu, Batu and Evan and Roland all the way through the whole game. Okay. Uh. uh yeah, Mike, what did you use? No, no, Evan, Roland, and the 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 Archer Lady, Tanny, Tammy, Tanny, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, yeah, I did I did actually play Evan for the first half of the game until I switched over to Roland. So all so of you guys uh, used I, Evan. I never actually played as yeah. I never actually played as Tammy. Oh, I didn't use Evan uh, as soon as the fourth party member showed up. It's like, you're out of here. Can we find out who who exactly is the main character? I thought it was technically Evan. No, I, I'm pretty sure it's Roland. I'm yeah, pre- I, like, the way I read the story, Roland's the main character. I took it as Roland. But you like half, sometimes you can't be Roland. Sometimes you have oh, yeah, there's, to be Evan. There's there's a few sections where you have to mm-hmm. be Evan, but nothing that was yeah. of any consequence of all at all. Uh yeah, party wise, um, Evan was out as soon as possible because he was he's annoying. Um, I was Roland, Leander, and Bracken as soon as all those were available. I mean, I used like Batu and Tani until they showed up, and yeah, um, never ran into any difficulty using Bracken. Um, I like how she's kind of a mini Roland, like her skill set's very close to Roland's. Anywho, mm. um. Avoiding all spoilers like Craig has mm. been so deftly just dancing around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one system that has to do with combat that we haven't touched on yet. And I don't think you need this in order to play, but I, I guess it's fun if you enjoy this. Uh, the zap system. Did you guys at all use this? The what system? The zap what? system. Where like, <laughs> see, <laughs> you don't know what it is. Um, it's where, you know, you attack and your weapon builds power until it hits 100%. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. you can switch to another weapon. Mm-hmm. I didn't use this at all. I turned I it off one as weapon. soon as I could, yeah. <laughs> I started off caring. I had manual weapon switching on and I was caring and then by about 10 minutes of combat I was like, oh, bucket list. This, this, this is just not... You don't need that. It's So just to explain this for anybody who wants okay. to know, uh, you can have multiple weapons and you they all build up to 100% if you do a special move when they're at 100%. It will do more damage. It will knock them over. It will... It will stun an enemy uh if you added to that is an automatic switching system so as soon as you use 100 percent on one weapon it'll switch to your next weapon with the highest percentage and you'll build up with that basically suggesting that you should use that weapon you can set it to manual so you can do that yourself i personally found that 
it was pointless because if you had a weapon that had a lot more damage than the, the next weapon, it didn't matter if you got up to 100% with the second weapon of a lower lower damage because by the time you'd built up, you'd done less damage. What's the point in that? Uh, Am I the only one that Yeah, well, that? along the same lines, my reasoning was, okay, if I build this up to 100, I'm going to use a special move. I'm going to use the most damaging special move, which will take up 80% of my mana. Well, by the time I get to 100% mana again, I'll be at 100% weapon strength. There's yeah, okay. no point in switching. And I definitely didn't go 10 hours through this game thinking, oh, that's the durability. I did breeze for a few of the tutorials. No, no, it's it's. Uh, there's nothing that you, if you don't know, you're not going to be able to move forward in the game. Um, here's a question about things like the zapping system. Is it just because we try to game the game that we end up not using systems like that? Of like, oh, this is pointless. We don't look at it like, oh, this is fun. We look at it like, oh, well, this offers me no mechanical advantage. There's no point in using it. Yeah. Well, if the game was harder, you would probably find more of a point in using it, maybe. But for the most part, if you run the numbers, as we tend to do, it's it cancels itself out. There's no point. So as it's game in the game, just I, I did actually press the D-pad at one point, and I saw it changing between different types of auto and semi-auto mm-hmm. and stuff, and I I couldn't remember what the default option was, so I left it. I, I, if you had it set to auto for the entire game, would you have got these attacks just yeah. executed or? Uh, well, auto oh, would automatically select the weapon, and if you had a special attack, it would use the one hundred percent weapon and then switch you to the next semi-auto would build up the three weapons, but it would let you manually switch back to a 100% weapon if you wanted to just get a quick special in. So it was, I used semi-auto for the whole thing, and manual is obviously manual between the three. So have I done the equivalent of playing Persona 5 without ever seeing an all-out attack then? Or, <laughs> I or don't what? think so, because it's not like there's a massive visual cue or anything like that. It is more like the enemy will be stunned. So if you're fighting one of the bigger dragons or something, you can stun it to the point where you just like start battering it in the face. But it's not it's not like there's an all-out attack. There's no extra animation, or there's very little extra animation. There's not a special thing. It's pretty, pretty plain. What it kind of smacks of to me is those... Uh, to me, the, the series I identified this thing the most in is Zelda. It's kind of that thing of you can get 47 heart pieces if you'd like, but you'll never really need them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something you can game it by like, okay, wait, I'm not going to use a special move until my most powerful weapon is at 100%, but there will never be a point in the game where that will be useful. Yeah. Or needed. I can only imagine it comes in use in boss fights as well, really, because you, you, you don't really get enough time to be building up things apart from your general magic meter, do you? Some of them, like, depending on what level, like, if you do a tainted monster... And you're like 15 levels mm. below it. You'll you'll see 100% plenty of times mm-hmm. because it just will take a while to down it. Just but, just a quick question oh, yeah. to, to go on Mike's point there, where the the combat is so quick that you don't need to use a lot of the skills. Did any of you guys bother leveling up your weapons, your armor, your spells, or anything else that you could do mm-hmm. uh, in the mini nope. world stuff? I yeah, did level a thing. I, I did because I, I, I did found it, but I didn't to... find it until the end. How, how about you? Oh, um, no, I, it was, I was trying to experience at least 
everything that I could without going in a massive amount. Um, so this was, it was during the, when you recruit people to your kingdom, which we will explain in a little bit. And some people are like, Oh, show me a grade seven weapon. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And that's what kind of forced me to interact with it. Yeah. That was the but first time I leveled I in and up. <laughs> it, was, it was when yeah. you, get, you had to use it for a, a side quest. That was There's honestly no need for it. Like, yeah, sure, I didn't do an optional super boss, but I went through the story and some post-game stuff absolutely fine. So, you know, it, it's kind of a tricky thing of if you would like to. I think you would um, need that. I think you need that. There's, did anyone download the free adventure pack thing? Adds a few missions and bits and bobs. One of the I things, think so. One of the things it adds, if you go back to the awful librarian, um, Badly. He has a quest for a. It's a level ninety nine boss that you have to track down, and I think my gut says that that's going to be a bit trickier if you're trying to attack that at level fifty or sixty or wherever you ended the game. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe there is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's kind of a Final Fantasy thing of like, ah, you finished the story. But there's a super boss you can fight if you'd like to, kind of thing. This, so, yeah, this is why this okay. is why I've got no issue with the difficulty. When you mention Zelda, this is this is like actual fight near final thoughtsy. But I treated this like how I treat Zelda, where you can blast your way through the game and have fun and enjoy the sights, and it's not really challenging. But if you want it to be challenging, you can make it challenging for yourself by going against over-leveled bosses or by doing the extra tainted monsters or by this, that, or the other. So that's the way, rather than take it as being a full RPG experience where I had to do everything to get through it, I took it as being a casual fun time. Okay. Um, I kind of disagree with you a little bit on that because, again, playing on the hardest difficulty, I breezed through it just as easily as you guys did. Um... And that's kind of a bad point. If you want to engage in this game's combat system, like you think it's fun, you enjoy it, you have to wait so long before it becomes challenging. Because if you enjoy the combat system and you level up your weapons and you level up your armor and your magic and you're paying attention to monster patterns and things like that, it won't be until what, post-game, where any of that will be useful at all? I didn't do that at all. I didn't do that through the whole game. It wasn't. I. I didn't find it enjoyable. For I mean, if you in, were, yeah, if you were, it would be a disaster. <laughs> if you, if that's what you <laughs> came into this, if that's what you came into this expecting, you're gonna have a bad time. I'm. I'm struggling to see your point, Dave, because. Oh, are you now? Hmm. Hmm. Well. Sorry. Well, Sorry. I, I can see I can see your point on the difficulty and I can understand that I personally think the enemy should scale with you because a big that gripe that would make it interesting yeah a big, a big gripe of mine is that the if you miss an area or you you go somewhere else and come back to an area you can often find that the, the monsters you're now fighting are, are far below you and there's just no enjoyment to that as you can say you can, you can pretty much get through a fight with a couple hits a square or triangle or whatever it is you use but i mean i'm going to compare it against final fantasy 15 i didn't think that was challenging all the at all was it like i i don't know i i i think it's maybe a a thing of expectation i nino kuni one was exactly the same and apart from a few bits where you had to grind it out for like the final boss which in my case i did i went into the final boss at level 50 
found it took me nearly 30 minutes and then died i, <laughs> I got to level 60 <laughs> went back again and did it within 10 minutes and it was no challenge at all so i think it's poor game design choice but maybe it's an expectation thing i went in thinking it's yeah this is what this game's going to be like um okay now see you invoked the holy final fantasy 15 <clears throat> unholy I, i'm i'm gonna no holy i'm gonna put this that off to the side and <laughs> you kind of just proved my point for me it, it is terrible game design when you give somebody a giant toolbox and say these are for you to use as you see fit most games take um yeah take any game at all a good game will say you will have to use everything in this toolbox at least once. And then final bosses can be a test of how familiar are you with this toy box, toolbox, toy box, whatever. This hands you a toolbox and says, oh, all you'll need is a screwdriver, but there's 57 other tools in there if you'd like. Did you do any of the dreamer mazes or the, the tainted beasts? I did every I did all the tainted beasts except for four and I did five how many dreamers mazes are there I want to say I did five ten five yeah okay so I did five out of ten so enough for me to at least speak to what they're like so I <laughs> I'm gonna say what one of two things either one you you grow you you got really high level from the get-go and you came in too early or two you're too good for this game and you're maybe not the target audience and i'm really shit at it (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i mean remember too i have a lot more well you know if you come from tales of or radiata stories or any game like that you'll get the combat system in the blink of an eye like oh okay got it you hit things until they flinch then you use special move to knock them over and then you're good um not gonna say you know i never died in this i mean a lot of times i was i was watching regular show and it wasn't paying too much attention you just <laughs> or you know slip of your mind and you die but it was never anything where i had to like okay you know do that gamer hunch forward and go all right we got to pay attention to this yeah, yeah, yeah there was yeah, never yeah. anything like that mm-hmm. I, and i'm thoroughly average dude on on gamer skill I, this is one of these things where, like, to me, this, as I said, this is like popcorn. I don't care. I, I just don't care. Exactly, I enjoy yeah. just hitting things, and I don't care if they go down in two hits or twenty hits, and I don't care if I don't. Like my Roland had everything enabled so that when you rolled, you were invincible for about a, an eternity. So as long as I rolled, I was invincible, <laughs> and I just spent my time rolling and hitting, and there was, I was like. Yeah, this is fun. This is nice. I'm sitting, I've got a podcast playing and I'm just doing this shit for the sake of it. So I think it might be terrible game design, but it might also be that that's the kind of thing that just worked for it for me. So, David, if you were really pissing me off, all right? You guys think this is fine, but nobody plays Dynasty Warriors? You're a bunch of jerks. You're a bunch of jerks. The problem with Dynasty Warriors is the same problem I have with Top Gun. I will never watch Top Gun because someone keeps telling me to watch Top Gun. So I'm never going to watch it. Oh, don't Top Gun's better watch than Top Dynasty Gun. Warriors. Um, d- All right, Dave. into the pit, Luke. We're, 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 we're going to go. <laughs> but again, if you were to hand this game to your like nephew that didn't play games and be like, hey, you like Disney films? Here you go. Like, 
you know they're not going to be I think there's enough here for you to get into it at whatever level you want and again yeah the difficulty is maybe a bugbear but the combat is engaging it shows enough differences that you can you can get into there's enough different characters that fight in different ways i i just like mashing dodging around figuring out how things worked and for me i did find there was enough enemies to be challenging maybe not as much as i'd expect but it is kind of that oh look this is cute yeah this is cool this is this is charming okay i i i agree like 90 percent of the way on charming and i agree like 90 percent of the way on cute but <laughs> but i like my men rough <laughs> i like my men hairy and rough um the problem is that well number one anybody that picks up a video game podcast is not going to be casual 101 they're just not number two I, I'm not saying this game is unplayable. I'm not saying it, it shouldn't be played. I'm just saying if you're going into it expecting what you would expect out of an RPG, you're going to be let down in the combat department. Couldn't you like, have just said that at the start instead of speaking <laughs> shite for 20 minutes? Well, the game is awful! <laughs> Craig, the game is awful! This is one stinky cheese in a boxcar full of stinky cheese. And no, I, I understand there there is a market and there there should be a market for nothing but charming or you know your Kirby games, your uh, your Ivy the Kiwis, you know just these games that they don't test anything mechanically. They're just fun and pleasant. But it uh, the way the game is made obviously shows that, that they didn't feel that way. Or they wouldn't have put in the zapping system. They wouldn't have put in, you can level up your armor. They didn't put in all these things that kind of faint towards it being a more rich game than it actually is. It's like if you make a cake and fill it with nothing but air, and all you have is a shell. There's supposed to be something in the shell, and the way they designed it, they designed a very good shell, but there's nothing in it. So I don't think they designed specifically for a very fun, light popcorn experience. I'm going to say that RPGs are in a funny state at the moment where in a world where there's so many games and a lot of them are open world, do you have the time like we did when we were teenagers or children to play 90, 100, 150 hour RPGs? This game can be done in 30 hours. I think Mike did it in like 20. And you could, if you wanted to get the platinum, you could you could spend 100 hours on it. It's It's all there. It's got all the RPG tropes of every other rpg you can level up your weapon your skills but all of that stuff is completely optional i question why it's there i'm not going to complain about it but i would rather play this than a tales of game or you know some some sort of rpg which i just don't have the time for you know this is a condensed version of that genre okay but all you're basically saying is I will accept this crappy product because, well, it's the only one in its variety and it's not look at Pokemon. Every Pokemon RPG can be done in 25 hours and they are very tightly designed, challenging at points gameplay. I, I don't know if you've played a recent Pokemon, man. They're not difficult. 
after after you hit the elite four, when you start going down the the optional paths, yeah. And I mean, yeah. to be fair, you're right. But this is so weak and fluffy that it's <laughs> it's a cute length fluffy. shouldn't matter. You, you'd pet it. But fluffy. think think about it this way. The mental gymnastics here is is just off the hooks. You should be going to the Olympics. <laughs> Instead of saying, I accept this crappy product for what it is, because whatever, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying to myself is, I really enjoyed this product. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going through an extra step of, I know this is terrible, but I'm still, I, I just think it was nice and fluffy. I liked the shell cake with no nothing inside it. That's perfectly fine, from... dude. I'm not saying like you're a terrible person for liking. I'm just like my point of view. I know, because... I, no, but I'm saying you're a terrible person for not liking it. <laughs> oh, well, that's that absolutely correct. Absolutely. <laughs> right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's it's two v one. Mike, jump in. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say like I'm I'm seeing a lot of, of what Dave's saying here because oh fuck you, sharp, you know, mate. When it comes to the, the other... <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the other half of the game and you've got things like the you know like the the battle system where you have these little little fights going on and you're like what were they thinking you know it, it makes you think of stuff like like Tobal 2 where they just throw in random game modes just for the hell of is it is that the skirmish like, mode you're talking a about a bit half baked you, is that, that the skirmish, skirmish mode yeah the skirmish mode you're like well, why are all, all these half baked bits in here what what is what is going on it feels like there's every way to cheese everything and I mean, the lingering thought for me for most of it was just thinking, this isn't actually a Studio Ghibli thing, is it? I don't know what they were, what 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 are they trying to achieve here? What's oh, I what's agree hundred percent with you, game? Mike. On that. Um, I don't know. It's just can let me ask you guys a question. Um, and this is this is for an, an all play, so uh, everybody get ready to answer. <laughs> does does the length of the game actually matter very much to you guys? I think it does when. Um, I, I say I completed it in 26 hours. At 19 hours, I was pretty much ready to go. Let's let's have the final boss. Fine. Seven hours later, after waiting around for money to be created just to pay for some stupid upgrades, which I didn't think I even needed and stuff, I was like, well, "That's a waste." I don't know. I, it, it somehow it it wasn't concise enough. It sort of wasted my time a bit. My fault too, you know, if, if I was a normal person, I would have been upgrading at the same time as playing and making the most of those parts of the system. Oh, wait, but... I, I do actually have a problem with that, Mike. If, see, that completely underdoes, undoes my, my argument. If you've been forced to do the side stuff when I thought you hadn't, yeah, that yeah. that's not on. Well, um, well, okay, Mom, Luke, like you were the one that brought up the, the length of time. Have other games turned you off by like, ah, that's going to be like 60 hours. I don't really want to start that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. And it, it seems to be a theme at the moment. And that's maybe why I'm why I'm so like this. But I, ha- I have no interest in open world games at the moment. Like Days Gone, is that what it was called? Uh, the PlayStation yeah. 4 exclusive. I really wanted to play mm. that game. But then I heard it was like a 60 hour game that's been padded out with 30 hours of open world nonsense. And I just don't have the time for it, eh? I, at well, the moment... taking out padding. Sorry, just like to take out padding. Like, if it's a new game you haven't read about but you're interested in, if if you see a, like how long to beat is at 50 hours, I, I guess I'm curious as to why it would turn you off. I mean, five hours of game time is still five hours of game time to me. 
in terms of, well, I had enjoyed myself, so it doesn't matter how long it is, you know? Like, I, the problem there is, for some people, 50 hours of game time is five five months worth <laughs> of game time. Yeah, that's like it's, six that weeks might... for me, yeah. Yeah, whereas 50 hours is a week, and it's like, fine, I'll, I don't care about time. That, this suffers, that's, to me, the, my biggest complaint about this, and this is the final thought for the final, final thought, so I'm like giving away the whole game, and that... <laughs> Overall, I liked it, but I've got such huge complaints about it. And the biggest thing is the amount of um, Columboing you get. The amount of oh, just one more thing, just one more. No, no, thing, no, no. Do the do voice. Quest. Do the voice, Craig. I, just, I can't do the voice. I P Peter Falk. The guy's a legend. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sully his good dead name <laughs> by trying to do an impression of him. But everything, everything is just one more time. Even the end, by the end, boss it had one extra phase that just didn't need to be. It probably had two extra phases that just didn't need to be in there. I'm just like, why? Right to the bitter end. This is kicking me in the blue balls. Going just one more thing. Just one. You go into a side quest and it's like, oh, I just need something else. I just need something else. And I was, it, it did my tits in. I would have m- enjoyed the game much more. If it was just 30 hours, as it turned out, I was up at 105 hours, 106 Ooh. hours, just trying to platinum it. That is and mad. The, <laughs> if you look at the, the, the list of trophies, it's on a curve that somehow starts off gradual and you can get to about 40% within that first 30 hours. And then I've spent maybe 40 hours getting one trophy and tearing my hair out at the Columboing I'm getting. And it's Oh, really- it, it's miserable. It's really off-putting, and it's. I'm gonna keep going because I'm, you know, I'm that far in. You know, when you're balls deep in something, do you just pull out and give up, or do you just finish it off? I, and... I think it. <laughs> I, I think it depends on what that thing says. Is it the woman from the <laughs> library? For me, I'm not fussy. I'm not fussy at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. Boy, we really, we really stopped at the combat system. We will have to move on at some point. However. <laughs> It ties into the crux of a lot of complaints and likes, so this works out fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, let, let's take for granted every trope that you know about JRPGs is true. They're long, their stories end up to be um, piffle, I believe is the mm-hmm. word for it, and it's going to be a lot of running hither and nither, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you take all three of those, most JRPGs have something else to bite you. This one doesn't. Does chibi, this has chibi overworld? What? <laughs> Let's get the chibi overworld. I can spend ninety hours running about in that. It's got four K mode and HDR. Well, I can't. Ar- I can't argue with that, Craig. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we go into some of the positives? Because I think this game looks no, no, great. No. It I sounds think it great. It's like shit. Really? What? Okay, okay. That's crazy, Dave. I explained this to Craig, and I hopefully I can get it across. This does not look like a Studio Ghibli-designed game like the first one did. This looks like they made a game with rudimentary 3D models and slapped a filter on it. Because there are a lot of things that show that might be the case. Kind of like Borderlands. Think of Borderlands, right? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. There's no definition when you leave at all to people. It is like smiley face dolls that is it things go blurry there's no there's no interesting work with the camera the the character models are very very simple 
this does not feel like a Ghibli game. It looks like somebody invented a Ghibli filter, like a cell shading filter, and they went with that. Um, look at how many times things dithered incorrectly when it comes to shadows and stuff like that. It does not look good like the first game did. And so, no. Do you know why Ghibli weren't involved with this? I looked up a couple articles, right? And most of them seem to state that it was because Ghibli was working on something at the time. Now, it says there were some Ghibli people that helped with this game, but it didn't have the full studio's backing like the first game did. My understanding of the first Nino Kuni game was that it was too expensive to make, and that they painstakingly went through every animation possible and like altered it. So I, I was watching a YouTube video today, and they spent like dozens of hours just on um, the, the kid's cape from the first one because it didn't flow like it would if it was animated um now, is his name oliver oliver, oliver that's right? it yeah i wanted okay. to say oliver yeah. but yeah thank you um yeah so there, there's something it kind of feels like some high level people in ghibli kind of drew out some sketches some storyboards and were like this is your story go make it and then people just added other components to it yeah, or like they designed the characters but didn't actually do the animating work. Yeah, yeah. I could see that too. Um overall and and this is also a little final thoughts, it feels cheap. Like the thing that made the first Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch King sound look and and cause everybody to take notice was the Ghibli involvement of like holy crap, this game looks amazing. Sure, the gameplay's a little weak, but look at this. It's amazing. And when you have a sequel that drops what made the first game amazing. And then you take out 90% of the voice acting. And then you just slap that filter on. It feels very cheap. Like that's the biggest thing I can say. This game felt cheap. And I am very sure that it was not cheap. But that's the way it feels. You know? I... <sighs> I didn't pick up on that and I think this game is it's a fairy tale and you know like what would in a traditional game be pages of dialogue and there there's like narration bits where something will be summarized with one sentence like it would if you were to read it to a child and from a book so I, I kind of just glossed over that thinking that's that's the way that that this game is it's it's throughout the story where Roland is so he's got so much complexity to his character and the story and his plot whilst everybody else just doesn't seem to think like that oh there's a bad guy let's go fight the bad guy is like the general feeling from everybody else but Roland's the one that has a bit more structure to what's going on and it's the same throughout the world oh there's a there's a there's racism in in one city um and that's a huge problem we call it the racist city (laughs) <laughs> there is a say it, it, that theme just runs right through it it's it's innocent it's yeah i don't know um i can see your um, point uh, about sorry i i can see your point in the fact that it feels like a fairy tale and it should be simple and fairy tale-ish taking out the fact that fairy tales are really dark and and grim even written by two grim brothers but <laughs> There are other games that are just as fairy taleish that aren't so piffle. Look at good one. Look at Legend of Zelda. 
that is a very fairy tale game. And yet somehow they managed to do better with like what 80% less dialogue than this game had. Now I will give this game a very big compliment in that the world feels good. Like I really like, I like when different cities felt like different countries. That was cool. I I like that. It, It means going to a different place feels like you're actually going somewhere. That's good. But the simpleness of the story, I don't think you, sh- you should chalk that up to being fairy tale like because other games get away with being fairy tale like without being as wafer thin, you know. But that's carrying on exactly from the same the first one, and that um, was it really. The the first one had yeah the first one was not complex at all. There was complexity behind it, and there was a bit of a twist at the end, but the way it was delivered isn't that complex. The same way that the nuclear bomb rolling goes off that is quite a a grim grim scenario and there's a bit in the in the game where roland meets a family member who's been affected by this nuclear bomb and that that is quite a dark twist on what has been glossed over for a large majority of the game now see to me that's me that well like when the first scene starts and it's not a spoiler because it literally is the first scene um yeah, I, I really sat up and take, took notice of like, oh, oh, okay, this is yes. going to be interesting. It's different, isn't it? Yeah. And then it just went, oh, you're a JRPG. My bad. I should, I'm sorry. I got a little excited. But you kind of proved my point there. What, what makes, and I, I agree with you on Roland, though. I think Roland is the only good character in this entire game. Um, But the point that you have something that is that, uh, let's say transformative of an event and nothing is said about it at all it is kind of like in zelda where there's a giant moon with a giant nose ready to hit the ground but that guy's still (laughs) saying try my watermelons it feels like that and even even the stuff with like mausinger oh that's kind of interesting do they do anything with it no he's uh that's a spoiler moving on sorry (laughs) I think the biggest the biggest problem probably Dave is is like I asked you quite early on I said like is there a fire world is there a, an ice world you know all these sort of things and it just basically seems like the entire game in terms of story is just meet someone solve the problem move on to the next place and that's it very and cookie cutter a couple of times and then the, the 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 actual story stuff is pretty much on the start on the very end and like just a few bits popped in here and there which is exactly um, the same as the first one. Yeah. Just, just to point that out, there. Now, see, yeah, yeah, you've got a leg up on me there because the, I didn't finish the first one. I played like well, two. I mean, the let, point where you get. Sorry, go ahead. Let me give you a quick summary of the first one. So that um, wait, wait, no spoilers because I'm gonna get it. Oh, okay. Well, it. let me not do that. <laughs> let's let's skip that bit. <laughs> Hang on, I'll I'll just take the ear thing out, and then when we come to edit it, I'll edit it blind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, so the game starts with there's two worlds and uh, Evan or Oliver uh, falls in a river. He's saved by his mother who then dies from Oliver believes that's his. He uh, cries on on his teddy. He turns out to be Drippy and Drippy pulls him into the other world. And he's then sent on a mission to to free the world of an evil wizard. And that's kind of all glossed over. He he progresses through the world until at the end you find out that... uh, his mother is actually from the other world and she traveled 
to his world to to give birth to him and that everybody in his world has a second person in the other world and what's happening is the real the him from the other world who's grown up is actually like turning people's um hearts against them and making them depressed in one world which makes them depressed in the other and it's it's quite complex i'm not doing a very good job of explaining it i haven't played it for five years sorry <laughs> no but, but it's enough it's it's enough for me to think it's a little more complex than this and i'm kind of interested but they don't yeah the the, the Sorry. big point that you're not mentioning here luke is that is that you you're switching between the two places all the time you're in that home home village and that that village is so polished it's like yeah I, I, you know that there isn't really anything like that in the sequel at all so it, it, you know you've at least got that to fall back on it feels like you're in a little little town like i can i can remember where, where the garage is with the weird person who's seclusive you know reclusive and stays in the house all the time because of a father or something like yeah. that it, you know these are bits that sort of stuck in my head in comparison we've got oh i might i might be cursed when you say well me? i mean oh that's what i was going to say from what i i remember the them interspersing you going back and i think that works there because it's constantly reminding you of no no these are the actual stakes he lost his mother he's trying to deal with it then you would go back to fairyland and then you come back and go nope life still hasn't really changed mother's still dead so it's constantly reminding you of the stakes after the nuclear attack sorry nuclear nuclear there we go nuclear <laughs> um the nuclear attack it's never mentioned again until the end if you constantly went back to see Roland's other half, that would be interesting. It would remind you, oh, wait, not only is he not from mm-hmm. this place, but there's also responsibilities on the other side that he needs to get back to. And he has to shuffle back and forth, kind of like that. That would be kind of interesting to me. There is no there is no real character development. Like I said at the start, you know, Roland, Evan, that's it. That's it. I, I don't think anyone else contributes in any real way in the in the first game it was you know it was more like persona you meet a new person they gradually get brought into the group and there's you know there is no real development there's there's a few little bits flits of oh this is something a little tiny bit about my past but none of it really matters for any of the other characters whatsoever i don't even know if they need to be there whether you know it was just flick of a flip of a coin to say yeah i'll go on this journey too Uh, yeah like uh, um to further that point mike like um Take for, well, we've all played Persona, and we've all played, like, Yakuza, right? Like, two very story-heavy RPG-ish things. And in Persona, they're, all your party members are not the same person they were when they started. Uh, Final Fantasy XV, that group is not the same as when it started. In this, Batu is still the block-headed mustache jockey that he is in the beginning. At the very end, he's still saying, prepare to be boarded! It, they don't change at all throughout the whole thing. Once you... to be to be blunt to it, that that is kind of a lot more realistic to be to be truthful. But you know, it's not what you want in games, is it? No, yeah, you like a nice story arc. But you guys are, I think you're forgetting that we are seeing the characters of the of the fairy tale land where there is no you. It is that line of text, and that is your that is your summary of your life. There is a little bit of character progression with Evan, kind of similar to T, not Titus, uh, the Final Fantasy fifteen protagonist, where he's a windy little bitch. But Evan's only a windy little bitch. <laughs> you just had to get that in. <laughs> Evan's only a windy little it's bitch. Noctis, for like, by the way, Noctis. Uh, 
you know, Noctis is a windy bitch for 95% of that game. Evan is a is a child for 5-10% of that game and then he learns from Roland and he, he starts making decisions on his own. Now, I'm not going to argue there's nearly enough complexity and I completely agree with Mike's point that the first game had these different worlds that you traverse between but this game doesn't and that is a negative but I, I just saw it as this is the fairy tale world and Roland is here until he figures out how to get home. Now, they never really touched on that, that arc and it would have been good to have seen, like, there's no concern that there's been a nuclear bomb. There's no concern that his family is potentially dead. Like, No, there hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, hey, kid, you're going to be assassinated by a giant mouse. Let's go on an adventure. Hey, look, there's a Zeppelin. Wait, hey. Yeah. I'm... Um... Yeah. Well, there is there is a there is a medium point somewhere here because I think there's a lot of good stuff from the first game, and as much as we're piling on the second game at the moment, uh, you know, I I prefer the gameplay of the second to the first. I think changing the combat style was definitely something to do. I I never really got on with the first one. I felt like it was a slog. It took me about is it maybe four. It might even be seventy hours. I can't remember off the top of my head to complete it, but but it, I didn't find that as enjoyable as this. So, you know, there are there are positives. I just don't think it pushed it as far as you might have hoped to from the first game. I Yeah, I that's, that's a great point. The, the first game was super grindy. Um, it, the combat wasn't engaging and it, it took too long. This game is cut down and, yeah. But as... <laughs> I feel like we're saying the same stuff over and over again. Hey, the music was pretty good, eh? <laughs> The music was good. The skirmish system was awful. I know. Wait, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Man, I hate doing this. I I kind of like the skirmish system. I did all the skirmishes in the game. No, no, I missed like two. Sorry, I lied. I did a lot of the skirmishes. So again, it it was very. Um, I'll explain the skirmishes. So yeah. in skirmishes, you can take any of your town members, which I promise we will explain how the town works, and you can assign them to the face buttons. Now, when you actually get onto the skirmish screen, they will be in the corresponding positions. Evan is in the center, and there's one north, south, east, west. Enemy units will come towards you, or you have to storm a base, and you can rotate where they are. So, you know, it's got that very simple thing, kind of like the first one, where like sun beats moon, moon beats star, star beats... Fire emblem system, isn't it? Cauliflower, yeah, something like that. And you basically have to rotate yourself to meet the opposing faction so if he's using a spear you want to make sure you hit him with a sword unit or a gun unit or an archer unit things like that uh it's very simple it feels very mobile like there's not much strategy involved at all but it it, i think that works as kind of a gwent level fun distraction from mashing triangle you guys really didn't dig it at all I, sw- I like no. the animation of running up to walls and knocking him down. But apart from that, not really. Yeah, I, I just, I maybe only did five skirmishes, ten skirmishes in total. Only ones that were tied to side quests to get the hundred and fifty side quests or whatever it okay, was. Okay, yeah. Other than that, I just, I just could not be hooked with it. I just thought this is just balls. Like, there's no other way to put it. There's, there was no other. This. You're think everything you think about this game, you've thought about about a hundred times more than I've thought about <laughs> it. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
the, the, the skirmish system, I was just like, I just bounced off that. I'm uh, not... can I, wait, can I ask you a question about that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to have that voice here because yeah, definitely. you're a completely different voice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so you weren't that way with Persona and Dragon Quest and Yakuza and all these nope. other big games. Mm-hmm. What was that, that point where you're like, oh, well, this is piffle. We're moving on. Um, it was probably within the first 10 minutes <laughs> when I did like genuinely within the first 10 minutes because I had the same reaction. Nuke goes off modern day. I thought, hey, this is this is pretty cool. Boom, straight into a castle. Oh, we're being overthrown and I've got a kid with ears and a tail. Not that normal kids don't have ears. They had <laughs> different ears. Some have a tail. Some um, have a tail as well. <laughs> um, yep. And at that point, I just, I think I instantly gleamed in the first hour or so what kind of game it was and what I was going to get out of it. And at that point, I switched off everything that cared about how in-depth the mechanics were, what this, what was happening in the story. I used it as my Dynasty Warriors. The town building, I spent an equal amount of time in the town building just moving people about so that everyone was in their ideal location. It, the town building, if I'm honest, if I think about it a lot, it's shit. It's absolute <laughs> garbage. But I didn't think about it that much. I just took it to be, that's what it is. I'm having fun with this. I'll get through it and it's done. And that's why I think every single point you say during this conversation, Dave, I'm like, I can totally see that. I can totally see how they've built in all of these things and bolted on extra stuff that just, it's terrible game design. But it just didn't matter to me because I just didn't engage with it mentally or physically in game. I just... No, I, no. I'm just like, nah, That's, nah, I, nah. Don't, don't... You sound like you're apologizing. Don't don't apologize. I play through pen, plenty of games that way. It's like, all right, this is what they're giving mm-hmm. me. I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to ship back the rest. All right, let's move on. Absolutely yeah. understand that. I was just curious, like, did you get halfway through the story and go, oh... Oh, no. like I, I messaged you about like two points very specifically that made me go, nope, nope, can't do it. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> no, I just I just didn't care. OK, the only thing, the only person, the only character apart from Roland that I really liked was Lofty only because Lofty was my inner monologue for the whole game. It points <laughs> when you walk up to a potential citizen and the citizen says, I'd love to come to your kingdom. I'm like, yes, there's no side quest with this. Just, they're just going to come. And then he goes, first of all, could you just get me, you know, like this rose water? And Lofty, like, literally just says, oh, flipping it, man. We thought we were going to get a, a citizen there without running about. And I'm like, Lofty's my inner monologue. Yep. This You'll love great. Drippy, man. Drippy's the best. Um, Drippy <laughs> is better than Lofty. I'll give you that. Every okay. character from the first one. So anyway, than, yeah. that's 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 why when I'm sitting back and listening to this conversation because I just didn't think about it, and maybe maybe that's I've played this more like a game for me than a game for the podcast. No, maybe that's if fine. I'd started analyzing it, I would have enjoyed it much less. To but... be fair, um, this is gonna make me sound really strange and stupid. But, you know, why not? We're all out there. When I run across a game I don't like, I will spend more time with it to figure out why I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Because if I came on here and just said, ah, oh, it's crap, that's ah, crap, yeah. I would sound like a, a, a moron that had no reasons other than, ah, oh, it's crap. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I don't expect you to do that. That's normal. Treat it like a normal no. game, man. 
All right. Oh, God, that's like some of the games we've done that were crap. You do, you have to figure out why the hell you think is crap. Because uh, that, would, that would not it's be a fun It's almost more quote. interesting than a good game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred. I love doing crap games. <laughs> um, all right. So, who wants to explain? Ninety percent of retro <laughs> Except for this year, we're on a good streak this year. Um, who wants to do the town building explanation, and then we can talk about how that works and what we don't like and don't like. So the town um, building. Yeah. Sorry, go. Okay. Uh, well, look. Do you do want it. to? Who's, who's no, 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 do it. I've spoken loads. All right, okay, right. So the town, the town building, you have uh, plots of land and a town. You've got a kingdom. It's, the, it's your kingdom that you're building. And you can place different building types on your plots of land, which you can then level up. Some of them function as shops that you can actually run to in town and buy some things off of. Other things are purely resource-gathering things. So what you're doing in... Outside the kingdom building is you're recruiting citizens, which then are placed inside your kingdom and each have a special ability and a preferred place of work. So you place the blacksmith in the weapon shop because he has uh, some ability that allows him to do whatever the hell it is he wants to do. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, you've, there's also a separate currency called King's Guilders, which you can then amass to help in things like... Uh, the skirmishes so the skirmishes have an extra menu where you can go in and spend king's guilders to give your army more advantage in battle but the predominant use for king's guilders is to upgrade the buildings Uh, you then upgrade the kingdom which gives you more plots of land where you can place more buildings and that's where it all kind of falls apart because you've got a lumber yard that collects wood and then you've got seven different other lumber yards. <laughs> there's five mining camps. There's seven fish markets. Each one needs to have a staff member that likes working in a fish market. And also, kind of, that felt padded out the most to me. I still engaged with it. And I got 99 citizens. Oh. 99 citizens I'm sitting at. And the last citizen <laughs> I need to get is one of the skirmishes, and it's like a level 60 skirmish battle. Um, you know, the the guy, that is it Tyrion, who keeps on attacking the kingdom? Yeah. I think it might be Tyrion, or is that a Game of Thrones character? Whoever. Anyway. It's maybe a, a Game Christian. of Thrones character as I well. Thought I thought it was, it started, okay, started anyway. with a T. Sorry, I don't have that down on my notes. Yeah, yeah it's, it is Tyrion. Yeah, it I Tyrion? noticed that yeah. as well. So I I need to get him to get the trophy, to upgrade the kingdom to level four, and all this kind of stuff. Ultimately, if you, t- uh, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave any more thoughts. Anyway, that's the basic well, city. You missed one thing that I think is now. the biggest sticking point for all of us is when you do research or when you're building a new place or of anything course, yeah. of note. Yeah. It takes a real life time limit, so this research will be done in forty three minutes. Uh, another. Money also, depending on how many citizens you, each citizen generates a certain amount of King's Guilders. It's, it's only usable in that kingdom. And if you're low on money and you really want that level six weapons research, well, all right, I got an hour. Let me just sit here on the screen. It does not accumulate when you're out of game. It always accumulates in game when you're playing, but there's a cap and it never lets you know when you've hit that cap. So you could be playing for two hours and you've been at the cap for an hour and a half. 
Every um, um sorry, just oh, the, it's fine. No, I was just gonna say just the additional thing you said there to clarify the research that you do in specific areas and the spell works gives you abilities that are usable in the game world. Oh yeah, you can upgrade your spells. Things, you see what I mean? So you upgrade the spells, you can upgrade your Higgledies, you can do all this stuff in the city, which out of all of the things you could do, it was the most handy because you can build buildings, the multi-dimensional lab and the dimensional lab, which help in the mazes and the dreamers' doors. So it highlights where the doors are and where chests are and stuff like this. It, it's... I spent four hours in a maze. No, no and, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave and mazes don't don't get along very well. Um, no, like a lot of the research that you can do is very useful throughout the whole game. What I I don't understand why they made it feel so mobile like. I was waiting for loot boxes to appear at some point or appear pay pay five. You know, I kind of was too. Speed up the research for a dollar ninety nine. I was really expecting that. To their credit, they didn't do that, but. I don't. I understand the money. You need some kind of gate, so you're not just right at level seven weapons. What is the time there for? Most of the time is not like three days, where there's enough of a gate there to where you can't rush it and then smash through the rest of the game. I mean, you can anyway. There's a triangle button, but there. I don't see a purpose for the time gate, other than we want to make sure you don't hit this as fast as you can. When they could have time-gated things behind, do you have a level 3 kingdom? Do you have a level 4 kingdom? Things like that. Another thing involving the kingdom that makes me really question, like I'd love to sit down with a developer, hey, why did you do this? Why is most of the stuff you can do with the kingdom locked behind the end of the game? Why are there citizens that you have to finish the game in order to get? By that point chances are you won't need those upgrades anymore because you just finished the game. Who? How many of you actually had access to any of the DLC apart from the free one? Because uh, I'm going to get... I just had free. I did look at some notes and I saw things like upgrades party to level 120 or something like that. To... Yeah, I didn't Not toy sure. with DLC. I have the DLC. I haven't played it. Yeah. Because if, if you remember right, this uh, in a really shocking twist, oddly... This is the game that launched with a £120 special edition, which about four months later was selling for £22, <laughs> if I remember right, which included the entire season pass, uh, like a snow globe and probably a vinyl and all sorts of random stuff. But it was a, I, I think a lot of it was banked on it, you know, people getting that DLC. And uh, maybe that's... Maybe that's... I, I'm not defending this at all. I think it's the worst part of the game, and it, it makes no sense because, as you said, nothing. All the upgrades are are not needed. They're cool to have, and if if the game was difficult enough, it'd be great to get involved with them. Uh, I did kind of like it to begin with, but then I, I realized that it's it's completely pointless. And the the other thing I was going to say is I've completely forgot what I was. Gonna oh, I'm say. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not going to come back to me, is it? Uh, we were talking about the town. Yeah, sorry, the time remember. limits. It is. It is pretty cool with the, with the with the base building though. I mean, it's all right. It, it's a way of technically trying to get you invested in your actual kingdom because if you, if you technically, let's say, by imagination that you were to become the king at the end of the game, you'd like to have established quite a good empire. Now, if I'd completed the game in nineteen hours, there would have been like a a little wood hut. 
<laughs> and I think that that would have been pretty much it. So. <laughs> so I guess that's the point of it. But you know, that's... yeah, it's. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. Done... Remember my point. It's 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 not related, and it's I'm not excusing it. But the first game is exactly the same. The end game, you unlock all this stuff. Like one of the final quests you'll do will give you a buggy to traverse the world quicker. Well, that's but very useful to there's have. There's no need to because you, yeah, you finish the game. Yeah, it's that's like, like um, Breath of the Wild, is it? isn't it? Final Fantasy IV. It's like if you beat this, the optional super boss after the ending of the game, you get a new class. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this now? What, what do you yeah. want me to do? <laughs> it's odd, oddly, like I always started with the best intentions when it comes to these things to do post game stuff. This is one of the first games where I've actually thought I'm I'm actually going to do some post game stuff and just keep on whiling away time um because you regret there's, it yeah they're so oh completely regret it because i'm so far <laughs> in now i'm kind of stuck I've, I've i've made my bed of needles i've got to lie in it um but it's there's so much content there's uh, it's all it's way off balance i can't remember who i said that to but the, everything about it feels off balance and that's the bit that stuck out to me the most in my non thinking about it too much kind of way was just how much is post-game and just how out of balance everything is. Um, it's ridiculous. Out of curiosity, how do you guys feel about post-game content? Like, personally, I would rather be able to do everything in the game and then hit the ending. And that way it puts a nice button on stuff. Do you guys appreciate, oh, I finished the ending, well, let's go do all that other stuff. Nah, I can't, I, I try my best, but see when the credits roll, I... It's, Something it's like in your brain disconnect. switches. And you're like, well, that's done. Yep, completely. Completely, yeah, and a lot of games like. like uh, sorry, on you go, Mike. No, games like Valkyria Chronicles do it a lot better, where it's sort of over set chapters. They add the DLC that you purchased, and if you're going to buy it after completing the game, there isn't really any point. One of the most difficult hurdles I've ever done in the podcast was blooming. Uh, what you call it? I was going to say Nino Kuni too there, but that this is a difficult <laughs> hurdle. Uh, Nero Tomata. <laughs> Because the credits roll, and then you actually literally have to start again. And it it took such an effort to not just put the thing down. It was unbelievable. I felt that same way about Red Dead 2. Do you not think it's a sign of a good game where you want to go, like, I, I, Craig's obviously going for the platinum, but one of the first things I do when I start a game is look at the trophy list and Indeed. go, could I get the platinum on this? And then you finish the game, you're like, you know what? I like that game so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest a little bit more time, or a lot more time in Craig's case, and, um, to, to get that to get that ooh shiny now, at the end. So I I appreciate it when it's a good. When thing it comes to RPGs, I thought that's why they invented New Game Plus. Of like, oh, this oh, hell this no. is doable in New Game Plus. This is you know that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm more open to the idea of New Game Plus than I am to finish the story, then do a wealth of other things, because they always feel inconsequential after the story for me. You never played Dark Souls? I just start a new character. I've never gotten New Game Plus. That is that is really tough to, to deny that temptation, I'll tell you that much. I absolutely agree there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's do the bullet points here. The mu- the music. And a, and a, and a word. It is actually by Joe Joe Hisashi, isn't it? So at least some of it must be. All right, so the conversation this week ran a little bit long, as I'm sure you could tell with all the backbiting and backstabbing and Craig switching alliances. Um, So we might do a little bit of a weird split on this one. 
So we're going to finish this episode next week. So join us next week when we finish this conversation. Sorry to leave you with blue mana balls. Blue mana balls.